Hello and welcome to the Equestrian Mums Club podcast. We're your hosts, Sophie Conway and Katie Allen-Clark, avid equestrians and recent first-time mums. Join us and a herd of other guests as we discuss the wild ride of parenthood and horse care together. Now it's time to take up the reins and walk on into our next episode. Hello and welcome to another episode from the Equestrian Mums Club. Uh, in this particular episode, we're talking about how do I prepare for a baby when I have a horse? So, anyone that's ever owned a horse and also been on a holiday, the lucky few of us, uh, will know that preparation to leave for any amount of time, whether it be a day, a night, a week or whatever, means more time than just packing a bag and booking it off work. Who on earth is going to feed, turn out, muck out uh, and ride while you're away? And the prospect of giving birth is kind of relatively unknown in terms of quantity of how long you're going to be out of action for. So what plans are you going to put in place for your furry friends while you're off making them a new friend? Also, this is Sophie, by the way, I'm back in. Um, also, as practical um, as we all are when it comes to platting for a show, so, you know... Packing or platting for a show? <laughs> or both. <laughs> both, really. So, you know, getting ready for a show, you do need to plat, you need to pack your boots, especially eventing. So, as practical as we are when it comes to packing for a show, for example... Platting your horse, packing your bandages, your travel kit, your um, bucket. Why have I forgotten everything? Bucket. What to take to a show? Poo picking stuff. Poo picking stuff. Trailer. Horse saddle. Have you actually bridle. turned up without a girth anywhere? I've I've been to it without a girth. I have indeed. I had to borrow one from the neighbour. Um, the neighbouring trailer. Um, I mean. Eventing is like, it's a complete mind blow, isn't it? This is a completely different subject that we don't need to get into right now. But as practical as we are in the amount of lists that we have to take us to a show, I think packing a hospital bag to have a baby was slightly more daunting, I'd say. I would um, say so. And I think it's because it's unexpected, isn't it? We don't know what to expect when it's your first. I think probably packing... Packing a bag for your second would probably be easier and simpler, but you still need to um, think about your horse and your animals and your dog, and it's the same kind of thing. Um, so in this episode, we're going to talk you through our own experience and hopefully help you to be um, fully prepared to your new baby, um, whilst also keeping your fur babies happy at home. And alive. And alive. And alive. And fit. And well. And well. <laughs> So let's talk about prepping yourself then, first off. Because obviously, without you, none of it works. So, physically. How... Uh, Kegels. <laughs> so, Kegels was one thing that you did. I, did. I didn't. You didn't? Um, I kept forgetting <laughs> to do them. And then I'd do some, I'd do some Kegels frantic. What are Kegels? <laughs> Pelvic floor exercises. Wait, can, am I doing them now? You probably are, yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> am I doing enough? I just looked yeah. Katie directly in the eyes and she knew what I was doing. <laughs> um, so, Kegels, yeah, those things. 
oh, I kept getting to do them and then I would do them frantically for as long as I possibly could and then I'd forget for another week. So I don't think it actually helped <laughs> at all. Um, do you think that necessarily that matters? Because generally you'd got a good pelvic floor mm-hmm. or would you said it your pelvic floor could have done with more work anyway? I think it definitely needed a bit more work. <laughs> she says guiltily with a strange look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do Kegels? No. Again, like you, I sort of remember to do them at some point. Yeah, I didn't have randomly in the week. No, do you know I had a friend, a horsey friend, who said that every time she got in the car, when she got to a red light, that was her. That was Kegels, and I said, property. (laughs) It doesn't help me. (laughs) But okay, so Kegels is is one thing physically. To be fair, did you do anything else? Um, I did try and remember in exactly the same vein I tried to remember to do breathing exercises and forgot quite a lot um but that's something that I I, I try and do anyway when I can for like mindfulness because I'm so busy and I get stressed do you do that do you meditate yeah I'm I mean this comes on to the mentally part as well but I meditate a lot um and did before I got pregnant and I think that's helped you yeah and I would say that that is the breathing is a key part of that as well. Yeah, and that's probably helped you be a better mum, actually. It helps you stay calm. <laughs> no, I think it does. I don't, know, I don't know whether I'm doing a huge amount of it now, but... <laughs> You're doing a wonderful job as a mother, I can assure you. Is there a... Katie's currently sitting here with baby strapped to her, rocking backwards and forwards like some sort of crazy woman. Crazy old loon. Crazy old loon. <laughs> we know why. We all know why. <laughs> um, any, other, any other physical things? I think I... I tried to do quite a um a bit of Pilates. I did not. I tried to do it. I went out. I had this really because I knew I was going in for elective section, but I had this really weird feeling that he might come before my section. I had a fe- I had that feeling that she might come before the induction, and actually I wanted her to because I didn't want to be induced. So I was doing stuff like curb walking. So like walking up and down curbs like a like a nut how many curbs have you got round here i'm going to town and do it there <laughs> and there's something called um oh, there's this thing that you can i can't remember like stomping basically i stomped around to try and get her down into my pelvic girdle pelvic canal whatever it's whatever it's called i can't remember but to get her in there i was like stomping around and like Walking really quickly, and I was bouncing on a ball to try and get her to come out. So physically, that's what I was doing, and mucking out, and pushing wheelbarrows, and doing all that jazz. But she still didn't come out, and so I was induced. Um, and we've talked a lot about physical. Clearly, we could have done better, but we also could have done worse. Yeah, um, not as too a duo. Well, we, we both we were relatively we fit. Dogs. We were relatively fit. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. Um. But mentally, was there anything else that you did to sort of prepare yourself? No, and do you know what? I I know this is not going to come as a shock to you, (laughs) but I didn't even get the nesting thing. Like, I didn't tidy the house, really, uh, much at all. And I sort of prepped my bag quite, like, maybe a week in advance we're very different people aren't we yeah we are because katie's kind of spotless and doesn't smell too bad (laughs) (laughs) i'm currently looking around the living room and 
It needs a hoover. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Whereas one of us is verging on OCD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Katie had spreadsheets for her birth, didn't you? And do you know that was mental preparation for me? Because that was the only that yeah that was the only way I felt calm mm. was to organise because that's just who I am as a person. Yeah. If I've not got a spreadsheet for it, it doesn't exist in my life and it yeah. can turn into chaos. But um, no, me- mentally, I think that really helped me. The other thing, the other thing that really helped me again was some the meditation and the mindfulness. But the preparation, I did mega nest once I found out, but. We were also mid-house renovations. But there's only so much nesting really you could do. Yeah. Because taking over seeing the whole house. Yeah. It For me, it was all about lists and making sure things were in yeah, accessible, you, yeah. in inaccessible places so that if I dropped off a cliff, someone else could have picked it up. I was weirdly calm about the birth. I wasn't really scared because I it was out of my control. The baby was coming out. Do you know I felt one way or t'other. I felt exactly the same. I was not worried about giving birth at Mm-mm. all. I'd say I was more worried about my horses than I was than, more worried about girl. the afterwards. You got a child then. What on earth well, did you do? Worried. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about that. What on earth did you do with that? I was not thinking more than sort of five minutes in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Mental preparation. Tick tick tick. Um yeah. how did you what plans did you put in place for Leo? horse um so i i've talked about this on another podcast but i'm very lucky leo has always been elsewhere on full livery since i've known i was pregnant um and still is so for me my plan for leo was i need to tell the yard that i'm pregnant (laughs) and i need to tell them how long i'm expecting not to ride for and someone else to take over from me for so I don't have to do anything with him. So what did you do? Did you just ask them to tick him over or did you? Yes, I did. I speci- Because Leo's a young horse, I didn't want him necessarily to have a huge amount of time off. Okay. And he'd only just come back yeah. into work after being um, a bit sickly. So I didn't want him to have any time off. So I said to them, I want you to continue to hack him. So um, not like heavy work? No, not heavy work. Um, he's tick him over. Just tick him over. Yeah. Rafe's waking up, I think. Um, but tick him over and keep him fit. Because yeah. when I'm ready to get back on, I wanna get on. Yeah. And I don't wanna and I don't wanna faff around. No, but you have. He's been and ready I... for you to go, hasn't he? So that's yeah. actually a nice plan. I do have to say, from a lot of people's points of view, that's a privileged position to be in. Oh, massively. Because massively you've had so. To take yes. You know what I mean? Whereas I would never have been able to afford to, especially going into Matty, knowing that you're going to be a bit broke anyway, <laughs> earning less, blah, blah, you know. And bear in mind, I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah, I had true. Three, yeah, you didn't have very long. I had three paychecks to prepare <laughs> before I had a child. That is mental. It is mental. Wow. But in terms of how I then prepared with Leo... It was kind of like a, I need to make the best of a bad situation rather yeah. than, you know, other, someone can deal with him and that's fine, but that's not what I'd been preparing for. Leo horse. Leo horse. <laughs> um, I knew I wanted to get back on pretty quickly. Yeah. So it was a case of 
he needs to be fit, ready to go. His vaccinations need to be done. He needs to have, a, have had his teeth done. He needs to full be MOT. full MOT by the time the baby comes out. <laughs> so, things work. So that's, yeah. yeah. So actually, that's a really good point with the prep for birth because when you are in that newborn baby bubble, well, for a start, when you're in hospital as well, you don't know how long you're going to be in hospital for. I was there for a week with Olive. Um, you then don't know when you're going to be ready to go out onto the yard even and see the horses. It could be that it's a month after you give birth in some cases. It could yeah. be it could, it be, could be even months. longer. It could be longer. And you might not want to leave the house. When you first have a baby, it's quite a scary thought to take that tiny newborn bundle out into the world. I found it really terrifying. And the fear of the unknown with yeah, them. Yeah, and, and you know, you don't you still haven't got to grips with how to even get them around the place. Like do you prefer you know, do they prefer being in a pram? Do you do you want them in a carrier? Or do you I do... <laughs> How many times have they pooed before you left the door? Exactly. I carried Olive around like at least the first probably ten times we went out. In my coat, as if I'd stolen her. I ran everywhere because <laughs> I was so scared of her getting a disease or like cold. I know, I know, I was completely insane. The first time I went to Sainsbury's, I was terrified. Oh, it oh, is oh. just anyway. That's that's a story for another day. But how how did how you do, how do you prep your horses? Basically, again, I'm really fortunate with Leo that I didn't. I don't have to worry you too much worry. about his feed. I don't have to worry too much. I, Leo. FYI, everybody doesn't probably need to feed. He doesn't, but he has balance as a supplement. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get a feed other than those balances. So he gets a feed. (laughs) He doesn't need it. He's he's close. He's close to the edge. Um, But just making sure that medically, and you know, with his feet and stuff, that he had those bits and bobs booked in that's what i was getting at actually is that you don't you don't want to think about that sort of thing when you're in your newborn bubble you don't want to have to be worrying about your other dependent out on the yard (laughs) Um, and if they've had you know if you're going to miss their vaccination and so actually that's a really good point is to make sure that your vax are up to date your farrier knows that you're going to be a bit awol and to book him in and whoever's looking after them knows when all this is due and for you, what was your preparation like? Because obviously you've got horses at home, you've got liveries to do. Right, well, first of all, I've just got to tell the story about what happened the week before I actually was due to be induced. Because I took Peggy for a walk in the park. Peggy the dog. Peggy is my dog. She's an Australian Kelpie. Welcome to podcast, Peggy. Um... I took her for a walk in the park in Lambourne and I'm walking along and um, right next to the road actually and so in between the road and the pathway where I was walking Peggy is a baby deer and she was quite clearly abandoned and was going to get run over and I didn't know what to do so I, I actually called up loads of different wildlife rescue places and asked lots of questions. And it turns out she was a baby muntjac, which you're actually never supposed to rescue because they are a an invasive species. Anyway, I left her there and then I got very upset about it and I went back to try and find her. And I did find her. She'd definitely been abandoned. She hadn't yet been run over. Um, so she came to live in our tack room. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't nesting? <laughs> it was some form of nesting. 
Anyway, and then we fed her goat's milk, which we're supposed to do. And then she moved into the kennel and we turned a heat lamp on for her. So in addition to trying to sort my horses out, liveries out and my dog out, I also had to sort out an adoptive deer out. An adopted baby deer called Hermione. <laughs> like you hadn't got enough to deal with. Exactly. I know. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Going back to the, so 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 in my plan, I also had to then add about four, four liters of goat's milk, <laughs> which wasn't in the original plan. Um, but yes, we did have actually quite a lot of prep to do. Luckily, my amazing friends helped out hugely. And I did, you know, I, I think that's it. I, I paid them, which gave me a bit of peace of mind as well, because I I didn't then feel like I was taking advantage of them. I paid them before I even went into hospital to look after Oscar, my horse. And, um, you know, kind of because we've got we've got a small yard and I it was kind of my friend had to kind of take charge of everything and obviously my partner Alex he was brilliant and he was backwards and forwards to the hospital the entire time doing the horses how long in advance did you prep your friend to take over yard work thing is I'm really lucky she does know my horse really well anyway and so there wasn't a lot of prep all I really had to do was just make sure I had enough feed bedding hay that my rugs were sorted and not ripped and, you know, the, the ferry had be, been before I went into hospital. Like you said, that everything was kind of up to date and that Oscar was in a good place. He wasn't being ridden at the time anyway. I gave him a holiday because he is 17 or he was 16 then. He does not need... Actually, might have been 15. I think I'm adding years onto my poor boy. Um, he didn't need to be ridden. He was fine having a holiday. Um, but actually, I think... On hindsight, I think I would have asked somebody else just to take him out for a little hack because he likes it. And how quickly would you, were you expecting to get back on board? Did that change any of your prep? Well, yeah. I was expecting to get back on board like two or three weeks after giving birth. I think it took me by surprise how long the recovery is. Um, it was six weeks. It's the same as C-section. I had four sets delivery. It, I, yeah, I wasn't prepared for quite how long the recovery is afterwards. And I think that that's something that you should be prepared for. And I would be next time. I'd, I'd be like, do you know what? I might see you. I'll see you all in three months. Look after my horse, please. <laughs> I'm not mucking out. I think one thing that um, took me by surprise in terms of prepping my horse, which obviously... I didn't need to do a huge amount other than the bare basics to prep. But mentally, I didn't feel back in the room, for actually, for longer than I... For, for far after physically I was back in the room. I didn't feel like I was on top of things. Like I, I honestly couldn't tell you now when he was last vaccinated, although I know he's up to date. I couldn't remember when his feet were last done and it's just like my brain had fallen out of my body alongside my placenta so <laughs> yeah. i wish how long did it take you to get over that I mean, like sort of brain oh it's still happening still happening yeah. i don't feel sharp yeah um but one of the things i i didn't realize is when you when you have a baby your brain ch structure changes yeah. 
It does. Your brain structure... You can always feel it change. Your brain structure changes in the same way, in the same um, magnitude as it does when you're going through adolescence and teenager stage. And puberty. And puberty. Yeah. So a mother's brain literally changes dimension, the where the way your synapses and your neurons fire literally changes as you've given birth. It's fascinating, isn't it? So if you can feel it, I think you can feel it have to So things that felt normal to you in terms of your mental capacity aren't because those those pathways have changed slightly which I think uh nobody tells you about that no and you do you feel like giving birth made you softer more empathetic or more sympathetic or um no because I feel like I was that sort of person anyway I wasn't um, only to the people I like, just for clarity. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, I struggled with this, and this is a topic for another podcast, but I struggled quite a lot with not feeling as on it and on the ball and sharp. I felt dumb for quite a while. You're not, by the way. Thank you. Um, Definitely not. But I felt like baby brain had got in the way and therefore... I wish I'd prep. What the reason I'm saying this is, I wish I'd prepped for longer for yeah. my horse. That is hundred percent the same as me. I wish I'd prepped for longer for horse. I wish I'd prepped a bit more for my dog. And actually, I think that we should talk about our doggies because yeah. that is a really sad reality of having a baby: is that the dog is going to come second to what they used to be first because they, you know. Katie's got two dogs and I can confirm that she used to treat them like she had given birth to them. (laughs) I wasn't quite that bad with Peggy, but she was my baby and I've had her since she was a real, since she was like 12 weeks old. And so I think it was, I think I would have prepped her better had I known quite how little attention you can give them when you get home. Yeah, I think my two were we knew that they were going to be good, but I didn't realise how fantastic they were going to be. But I, there were other things that we could have done to prep them, which I hadn't done. So things that I would have done to prep the dogs, and this comes under the bracket of prepping your home as well, yeah. is I probably would have um, given them their own areas. That's in that, I think. Well, how do you do that if? They basically rule the whole house. In Indeed, the first and and my dogs do. They don't it's have Peggy. any. They don't have any separation, and and their rooms. They can go in every single room. They can go on every piece of furniture. My dogs got no boundaries. No, mine neither. Um, <laughs> but I wish that I'd given them like their own special little places. Yeah. So that they felt, they felt that they were part of the crew, but they could retreat if they wanted to. I think actually, Katie, that is something that you should potentially do going forward because. Rafe, Katie's baby, is still only four months and when he's moving around, (laughs) it's going to get a whole lot worse for those dogs, I can assure you. I think that is a really good shout for going forwards. And particularly for one of the dogs, Magnus, he is a bit more of a sensitive wallflower. He's he's a lot more more introverted than the girl is. Yeah, he's a bit weird. He's lovely. He's a he precious, lovely, he's a precious he, angel boy. Tell he's a bit weird. He's a precious angel boy who never did anything wrong in his life. Um, 
Whereas she is a sneaky sneakster. Sneaky. A sneaky sneakster who is an evil genius. So sneaky. Um, but no, I wish I'd... He He's probably going to need more of his own space than she is. Because currently, Peggy tries to upset Peggy. No? Olive tries to upset Peggy about Pentons Day. And it's it's stressful to watch and it's difficult to police i've got to say mm. <laughs> the the other thing with the dogs is and i don't know whether you found this at all is but my two are still relatively young they need a lot of exercise and after a c-section i genuinely couldn't walk them for about you know another six weeks after giving birth and even then it was pitiful because yeah. i was shuffling a lot i know i think yeah that is um we are really lucky. We live on a farm. Peggy gets an adequate amount of walking from going back to, down to the field to bring horses in and back again with Alex and, you know, with the girls and whatever. And we can, you know, she can, we can walk her down to the drive. And she, and she has quite a lot of free roam, doesn't she? She has quite a lot of free roam. Um, she does still need walks on top, but we can kind of get away with it. Whereas... Yeah. My two, they've got the field at ours, and but it's yeah, and it, they they've not got a bad life. They've not got a bad life at all, but they they do require, as retrievers, quite a lot of walking. Yeah, which I was unable to do. So I wonder if maybe on hindsight you may have got a walker in. Well, we've got one now. Yeah, we we got a dog idea. walker in from when Rafe was about six weeks, when I just felt so guilty for them, and I've carried that on. I mean, it is another financial burden. But I've carried that on because I really feel like it's worthwhile for them and for me. It gives me a few days off yeah. in the week. I think it's a great idea. So we talked quite a lot about dogs, but in other ways about prepping your home. Um, for me, one of the things I was mega prepping was cleanliness oh, in well, my home. I, I think I've already talked about how I was not clean enough. <laughs> Confirm Kinty's house is spotless. I think again that was a way of keeping my brain less less busy in a way. Yeah. By focusing keep, focusing on keeping the house clean. Um. But can I just say? Can I just say? I don't think that's actually normal. <laughs> I, think, I think it's so normal. <laughs> it is it's so normal. Everybody talks about nesting how. And everybody I spoke to said, oh, no, don't worry, when you get closer to your due date, all you'll want to do is clean. Well, I can assure you, all I didn't do was clean. <laughs> I mucked out, I poo-picked, I brushed my horse, I took him for an in-hand graze because I couldn't ride him. What I didn't do was clean. But your version of events was meditative in a way, because that's your life. Yeah. And about enjoyment for you. Yeah, and actually, uh, and actually, that did come into that did come into the equation because I can remember thinking that actually I want to spend as much time with my horse as I can because this is going to be limited in the future, and that was the right thing to think. I mean, for me, the cleanliness I may have taken it overboard where it sucked out enjoyment other other parts of my life, and so I think there's there's clean and then there's get get a life. Okay, get a life. Get a life. Okay, um, can I tell you what my three bits of advice are and what I think you should buy before you have a baby? So that I couldn't do without. 
Yeah, so is this for your My, house? For your, your house. For your horse? No, for your house. Okay. Um, a sleepy head. You know those... I think I gave you mine. I don't think you did. Gave it to, I think I gave it to Jenny. My friend Jenny, who had a baby straight after me. Is so, have you got one? I have. You have. It's so good when they're little because... And you're not supposed to put it in a cot with them. They're not supposed to sleep in it. Actually, just for chilling out on the sofa next to you or on the floor or on the bed or anywhere. And you can put them in it. They love it. That's one. Um, a good pram if you're horsey because you need to be able to push that round mud, stables, with the dogs, parks. What pram did you guys get? We needed three wheeler. We got a three wheeler and it was a silver cross sir. Yep. Really good. And did you buy yours new or second hand? Second hand. The only thing I bought new was the car seat. Yeah, like likewise. Although I have to say we've had to go back and purchase some things new because yeah, the uh, older things are broken. Yeah. Um but we we bought an eye candy all terrain. I um, looked at that. Which has the option for th- a three wheel or a four wheel and So does the the surf actually the yeah, we we really like it, um, and it's so far done us really well. Is he still on a bassinet? Yeah, he's still yeah. on a bassinet. He, although he has got fantastic head control, he's, he he's does unbelievable. He's going to be walking to the pub soon. <laughs> but he um, obviously he still needs quite a lot of support, and he does quite a lot of sleeping in the day still. So yeah, oh, jealous about that. Jealous about that. Um, what are the other things that you've bought for your home that are must-haves um i will i've got to say i haven't bought a lot i've got i've had a lot second hand and um i also bought had a lot of stuff second i like i bought a lot of stuff second hand which i actually never use so i might just talk about that quickly because i bought i breastfed i'm still breastfeeding she's probably going to be breastfed until she's 15 at this rate because i can't get her off um (laughs) I bought a Tommy Tippy and a steriliser and all of that jazz and never needed it because she wouldn't she wouldn't take a bottle. Oh. And um I can't think of it. I can't think of anything else. Why oh next to me crib. I think you need that. That yeah. was so good. I loved it. Didn't you? Yeah, I mean and that's what I gave you. You gave me a snooze pod, yeah. A snooze pod, that's what it is, yes. Yeah, yeah snooze a pod. snooze pod. Do you like it? And it's great because it has the zips yep. down the side and also the mesh so you can see them. And it's a rocker. Um, when they're next to you. But I have to say, controversial, mm-hmm. it's not next to me. <laughs> Who's it next to? It's not next to anyone. Oh. Um, where our bed is set up, I actually, I couldn't get in and out of bed very well after my section. And so when I was trying to scramble out in the night and not wake him up, I'd be trying not to knock this next to me. And so I just ended up putting it in the corner of the room and that's where it's always stayed. I don't think there's an issue with that. I think yeah, that's the whole point of them is they give you the choice. <laughs> is he still in it? He is still in it for the moment. Yeah, and uh, you've got a crib that you're moving into when I guess he's six months. That's yeah. Usually, that's yeah. about normal. After Christmas, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other home stuff did you did you think was a must-have? An egg thermometer! What is an egg thermometer? It's an egg that's also a thermometer and it lights up and it tells you the temperature in the room. And it I used that as my guide for what to put her put put her in at night. So as in like 
which tog on the sleeping bag, etc., etc. And it, I think it's been really useful. And it's a really handy nightlight, so you don't have to fumble about in the dark and or put a light on. Nice one. Get one. Anything else for your home? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Related back to the dog, puppy pads. <laughs> what and for? And of them. Put them on the changing mat. And if you have any wee-wees or poopies that escape out of the bumsies, it catches it and it doesn't slip onto the floor and or go all over the baby and it absorbs it all. Do you know? I never thought about that. You are silly. I should have told you that. Oh. So good, honestly. Best thing. We've oh. actually stopped using them now. We got to a point where she was just pulling them out from underneath her and eating the puppy pads. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to stop using them eventually. But at the beginning, it was the best thing. And it was actually um, our friend Jenny Rudolph gave me that advice. Nice. Nice. I have some really random things that I felt yeah. was an essential for the home. Essential. I guess you're still using them, aren't you? Quite a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. So... One was I had a portable nightlight for feeds and changes. You should have got the thermometer. Well, I've got a thermometer separately. But a portable nightlight that has a little handle so you can take it from room to room and you don't have to turn your lights on. That has really like been a game changer for me. You're like um you're like Florence Nightingale. I was like wee willy winky in the middle of the night. <laughs> Just no candle. My nightshirt. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I don't wear nighties. I'm all about that pyjama life. <laughs> My favourite. Anyway, yeah, what else? I had a baby docking station in every room of the house. That's just lazy. No, I just have this... When you're so tired, but also you've got no core strength. True. At some point, there is, you're going to need to put this child down. So true. So in each different room, I had something different. So a bouncer, a Moses basket, a baby yeah, nest. If you can get stuff secondhand, then you can do that. A cot. And I was given so yeah. much stuff by people as well. So, so was I. In, in every room in the house, there's somewhere to put your child. <laughs> um, And then the last thing... The last thing that I thought was an absolute essential for me, and I wouldn't have thought about this, was good quality thermos flasks or sort of insulated cups. That is because you forget to drink. I mean, yeah, but what did we do today? We we actually microwaved the same cup of tea four times before (laughs) drinking it because you get a bit busy. We got really busy with baby stuff and work stuff. And podcasty stuff and horses, and I kept saying to Katie, "Where is that cup of tea? It's still in the microwave." <laughs> so yeah, a nice insulated mug will do you absolute wonders. <laughs> right, Katie, what are your essentials for the yard prep? Um, because I think we've talked enough about home, don't you? We could literally talk about this all day. Yeah, and there is lots of advice. If anyone needs advice, email us. Um, or socials, that's fine too. Socials. Um, so for the yard, obviously, my Leo's not at home, so the amount of prep that I can do for the yard is fairly limited because it isn't my property. But there are a couple of bits that I insisted on <laughs> before bringing Rafi to the yard. One of them is 
an extra tall mounting block. Think like the ones that you get uh, for the RDA. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so tall that all I had to do was slither onto the saddle. Yeah, it's very much like that. I can't even get a leg up now because it hurts. Well, I can just about now, but this is a year later, FYI. I couldn't get a leg up for ages because it would like crunch your, you know, you have to jump yeah. and then swing. I mean, there was no jumping and swinging going on. <laughs> Definitely no swinging. Sort of more clambering. <laughs> there was a few, yeah, there was, like you said, slithers. Slithers on and off. Well, my my lovely husband would be winching me on and off, but it got to a point where I was like, I actually... I think I've just got this vision <laughs> a tract <laughs> winching you off and dropping you on. Well, it kind of probably was a bit like that, or one of those, you know, arcade machines. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a pretty much a must-have. The other thing is pretty boring, but extra sticky bum jods. Yeah, um, I for, actually concur. For stability's sake, I have some from Flexars, big up Flexars, um, which I love, and I bought more of them. Because I wanted to yeah. feel like I wasn't going to... Yeah, to feel secure. Yeah, I wasn't going to pop off myself. Also, I think half of that's a mental thing. I don't think they'd actually save you from any kind of movement. I think they just... I couldn't move my bum once they were in the saddle. Really? Yeah. yeah but I don't like that. I do... I was also I... quite heavy, though, love. So... Yeah. <laughs> Stuck. Um, and then the last thing was safety stirrups. I um have got some Athena magnetic ones. And... They just made me feel made like feel more confident. I just felt more confident. Yeah. So that was a good prep for me. Yeah. What about That's you? Very good. Um, so we've got like a hard stand in the yard. And since Olive's been a bit older, because obviously I used to like, I used to take her out in the pram. So everything was a little bit easier because she would be young, little baby. I'd wrap her up, put her in the barn and I'd get stuff done. She'd be asleep in the pram. Not so simple now. She's big. She's loud. She's demanding. She's moving around. And so I got her um, a walker and I put it on the yard and she zooms around the yard and it gives me just, she, she just kind of keeps herself busy until for me to muck out probably one and a half beds I can get through without her going, Wah! Mama! <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that is highly recommended for yard work is a walker. But obviously be very safe because I only ever use it when there's no horses on the yard or if they're tightly tucked up into their stables with no chance of escape because that would scare me. And then actually, because I was breastfeeding, I put a table and chairs in the tack room and a radiator in there so that if I was out and about or I was getting worried because she'd been out in the cold for too long or anything, I could just go and sit, sit in there breastfeed her I could have changed her in there I don't think I ever did but I could have changed her in there if I wanted to you know I mean it's 10 steps back to the house but if if she'd had a really bad explosion I could have done it out there um and oh my goodness the best thing ever that we have just bought is <laughs> a big wheelbarrow and I genuinely very baby specific. <laughs> I genuinely, I said to my landlady that um, I was telling her all about it, and she was like, "Gosh, you are more excited about your wheelbarrow than I was about my horse box arriving." <laughs> <laughs> and it's true because I can now muck out at least 
two beds into one wheelbarrow and it saves an awful lot of time which is very very precious so I highly recommend that for anybody that needs to um, muck out multiples <laughs> <laughs> well good to know your essentials um, I've realised that when we've been speaking um, about must-have items the one thing that we haven't done is tell people about how we prepared for the hospital because oh, yeah, we haven't packed tilt about our bag um, we have i can't remember katie well i think there's some things that i can maybe uh prompt oh, no, I, prompt, can remember. I can remember i can prompt you about i can remember so do you know what i can remember what go on those ridiculous pads that are like five times the size of a nappy that when i first the, when they arrived in the post i looked at them got it out and i it looks like some sort of full head bandage. Yeah, the maternity pads are pretty scary yeah, looking. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah, they are pretty scary looking. But needed. But needed, because nobody tells you until you're so late in the game yeah. that you do bleed for a, long a few weeks after. No, you bleed a lot. And, yeah, I mean, I was really fortunate I didn't. Oh, yeah, of course. But you still do can but you, but, No, but you do. It's it's when your uterus is shrinking back to size. That's why it happens. So it happens whether you've had a C-section, whether you've had a um, natural birth, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you do need them. Soz, guys. Soz. Yeah, you do really need those. I remember those. Oh, my goodness. That's what I wanted to say. It's all about you. You are triggering my memory, by the way. Colostrum. <laughs> So did you express colostrum before this you is, got to the yeah. hospital? So this is probably my biggest piece of advice for anybody that's due to give birth within the next month is, and I think it's, I think you can start doing it from 37 weeks, is expressing colostrum from your boobs. And it's a really weird thing to do. Did you do it? I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it as I, in, did you try? I tried, but I couldn't do it. Didn't and, get any? No, um, okay. I couldn't do it until I'd had him. Okay. Um, And as soon as I'd had him, I could. Yeah. But again, it as you say, it's the weirdest experience of your life. Do you know what's weird about it, though, is that the first couple of times you do it, you're like, God, this is so weird. I'm, I'm essentially milking myself into a... Into, tube. Into a tube. Um, But actually... Once you've done it, like, I think I ended up with, like, 30 tubes or something ridiculous. Did wow, that's so really much. good going. Really good. And I froze them all and dated them all and everything. And um, once you've done, like, the fifth tube, you kind of... You like, get over it. You get over it. And also, it. I think it actually did help my mindset with breastfeeding. Mm. I think it encouraged me to just keep going through the pain, through the not latching properly, through everything with breastfeeding to the point where I now have a child that I can't get off the boo <laughs> so you know swings around but we, I mean we'll talk about feeding on another podcast but um I, I think that's a really interesting one what's your um so you didn't take colostrum in but you did do it afterwards whilst I was in there yeah, yeah so what did you take in that was the most important thing you'd say the most the most important thing um tiny little baby milks because oh, really? yeah, because I did pack those and we never use them. Well, as people will find out, I really struggled with breastfeeding. I didn't have any supply, 
and that's quite common for people that have c-sections or have pcos yeah or have a variety of other things that i had so i knew that it was probably going to be a struggle yeah so i was his latch good yeah fine really okay let's Um, talk about that on different podcasts because we do need to go into that because i'm actually interested to hear about your journey with breastfeeding um but no so tiny milks was absolutely the thing that we could not have lived without. I took those in. Luckily, we didn't need them. But there was there was a day when I was struggling with the breastfeeding. Because I was in hospital for a week. I was really struggling. And I kept saying to Alex, can you just give her one of those milks? And he said, why don't you just hold off and see if it gets easier? And we never gave it to her. And in a way, I'm really grateful that we didn't. And then in another way, I think, oh, you know, maybe it would have been easier now to get her on the bottle. But, you know... We never know, do we? We all, we, we we never all, know. all tried an error. The other things that were absolute essentials <laughs> were um, really random things, to be honest. Multiple water bottles. Um, it's swelteringly hot in the delivery ward often. Well, wait, when did you have him? August. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, I had Olive in November, didn't I? Because it's her birthday. Yeah. And they had still got the heating on. And the windows. It is, it is really hot. I remember it being hot even, and it was minus 10 outside when I had Olive. And you need to replace all those lost fluids. Because also, yeah. you, some some people get it pretty immediately. Night sweats. Because your hormones are doing really windy things. months. Again, we'll talk about that on another podcast. I about those. But the yeah. multiple water bottles. Yes, yes, and yes. Other things that... Uh, That's a really good idea. That I took were... Um, and by the way, I will link to the water bottles I used because they're flipping brilliant. Um, the other thing was snacks of all varieties because hospital food, hmm, not for everyone. I particularly lived off Nutella biscuits <laughs> and homemade sort of nut and seed granola that my mum had made, bless her, because you need to keep your energy up. Sweets. I actually think that's so healthy. I had Haribo, I had crisps, I had... Cokes, I had. We had some mini baby uh, bell. Rub, yeah, mini, mini baby like bell. That. Mini baby bell. Like cheese and ham sandwiches from MS. Do you know what I mean? Like just just sort of comfort food that you can because snack on. The hospital provides meals on for the mother, not in our one. We didn't get it for the dad. Peggy, my dog would not have eaten the meals that I got provided with. Well, as I was going to say, sometimes they're not to your taste, but also you might not feel <laughs> like eating a proper meal, actually. No, you're um, right. Actually, you don't, weirdly, do you? So you had babies. I mean, I did. <laughs> I ate a meal and my <laughs> snacks. But you might just prefer to nibble throughout the day than just, all day, every than day. just be... And all night, weirdly. Yeah, and that. Um, than, than do the hospital meal thing. And, and then have snacks next to your bed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The whole time. Um, and then the very last thing that was a must-have for me was some extra-long phone charging cables. <laughs> really? Really? You haven't chatted? Oh, my God. Um, because eventually you need to tell your family and friends that another family member exists um, or call for a lift or organise your horse or organise your dog. And you don't want to be faffing around going, I've got no battery. So such a good shout. Never thought of that. Yeah, so they, those were my must-haves. I, I wish I'd known about each other's must-haves, actually, before we went in. Yeah. I think, you Why know... Why didn't we talk? <laughs> <laughs> we were probably in different stages at that point. <laughs> but I hope this has been useful for someone to listen to. We 
we will on our website and on our socials um, put some lists up for hospital bags and um, home check and yard check and things like that because I think it would be useful for, I think for people. It's so useful for people. Um, and if there's anything that we forget to put up that you need to know, just drop us an email or get get in touch with us on Insta or Facebook, and we will try and remember what on earth we recommended. And likewise, if anyone's got any fun, unusual essential items that they had for birth or for after, you know, let us know. We'd be all ears. You can email us at hello at equestrianmumsclub.co.uk or the socials are all Equestrian Mums Club. So that's been our episode on preparing for birth and how do I prepare for a baby when I have a horse? And a dog. Uh, and a dog. And a partner. <laughs> um, if you've found any of this useful, let us know. We hope you've enjoyed it. But, but for now, bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to another episode from the Equestrian Mums Club. It's been great to have you along for the ride. We've been your hosts, Sophie Conway and Katie Allen-Clark. Make sure you hit the follow button to hear more from us as we dig deeper into the world of ponies and parenthood. Until next time, stay smiling, stay safe and try and stay on.